Running Light Ministry Podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. You can support these podcasts by making a gift to the ministries at runninglight.org. Hey everybody, welcome to the Running Light Better Pleasure Podcast. This is going to be podcast number 145. Wow. 145. 145. That's amazing. And I'm here with um, Katie Collins, who's a part of the Running Light Ministries uh, government. (laughs) (laughs) I got the power. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. You certainly do. And it's good to have you um, with me today. Yeah. You know, I'm usually with Peter Martin, and it's nice to have uh, a female. It's good to be here. We can say that, right? We can. I am. You are a female. I am. Bonafide. Bonafide. Through and through. Yep. yep. Identify. Can you prove it? Though? I can. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have a picture of um, our goddaughter, which is your daughter, mm-hmm. right there. Yep. How That's about right. that? I made a baby. Made a baby. And I can't do that. No. No matter how much I try. Sorry about that. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, no problem. It's no a good problem. thing. But it's good to uh, have you kind of do these podcasts i would love to have you do them more regularly yeah because me and peter you know talk about things so much from a male perspective yeah um and and you know peter's so theoretical Mm. and in his thoughts um and uh sometimes i have to bring it into more of a practical thing (laughs) (laughs) i'll be listening and i'll be like okay okay uh uh-huh uh-huh oh thanks (laughs) bo yeah (laughs) so what you're saying peter but uh you know a lot of times uh we don't get a chance to really to get that female perspective um you know about the church and about sexual issues and um and we kind of can miss a little bit Mm. you know there i'm sure I'm reading a real good book I was telling you about right now, um, um, but it's by Mary Eberstant, and it's called Adam and Eve After the Pill, Paradoxes of the Sexual Revolution. And this is really interesting book mm. um, because uh, it, it takes what many of us have been brought up uh, in our culture to see as a good thing, which is the sexual revolution mm-hmm. in the United States. And when I was being brought up, I always thought of it as a positive because that's really was the forerunner for, in a sense, women's liberation. Right. And that that's kind of what it it kind of they both went hand in hand. You know, the sexual revolution was women's liberation movement. The pill was Mm -hmm. a part of women's liberation. And she makes her argument that it actually is the other way around. Wow. That it actually has not liberated women, um, but has actually made it more difficult for women to find partners, Mm. um, lifelong partners. Marriages are more unhappy Mm. today. Um, Children are more unhappy today. Um, And uh, the difficulties, emotional difficulties, and uh, mental difficulties are way more because of it. So it's really an interesting book, you know. Um, You know, but you work within the church. You work with women, young people, older people. Um, You know, a lot of times we fail, I think, to realize that women probably struggle with sexual things too. Yeah, that's true. Right? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like what kind of things have you kind of been involved in or what you see? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I think I've hung out with females from 
probably maybe 10 years old to 60s, 70s who have some version of a skew of sexuality in their life and their experience of it, their relationship to it, their own value and identity found in it or not. Mm-hmm. So it's across the board, you know, yeah. for sure. And that, and that I'm talking, I'm thinking of in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, for sure. It's, it's, it, it is not just a man's issue, as you guys say. Um, it's definitely, it, it impacts us all. And I think it's just, we don't know even what to think. I mean, I think there are women, I probably could say every woman in the church would say, I don't even know um, like what holy sex is or what healthy, you know, holy yeah. and healthy views of intimacy, my value, my body. Yeah. And this is something that we um, kind of hit so much. And I know early on in my running light writings, you know, I hit this quite a bit is that, you know, that women have it really rough um, within Christendom in general and in the church in general in this way is that um, is that you know women if you think it's tough for men to come mm-hmm. out and talk about something that to me seems so normal like, right like <laughs> like to me like pornography is so normal it's not only normal in the culture but to me, it's normal as far as human behavior. Mm-hmm. Like nothing's weird yeah. with looking at something um, fascinating. Right. Like that that would be, you know, every kid does it. Mm-hmm. And we don't think anything weird of the child. Mm-hmm. You know, when a child is enamored by something. Right. Or taken in by something. Right. We don't, we don't spank the child because the child is, in a sense, fixated on something mm-hmm. um, that is fascinating, um, and and yet human sexuality is something that is really fascinating, mm-hmm. and um, and so to me that's normal. Yeah, but it's very difficult, obviously, for a lot of men just to admit that. Hey, man, I like looking at you know pretty people, right? You know, whatever pretty is in their mind. Sure, you know. Yeah, but women. Yeah, in the church, you know. I mean, you got a woman that rides the harlot. Yeah, you got, right. you know, the you know, right, the whore yeah. of Babylon. You got Israel is depicted as a prostitute. Yep. You know, an adulterous wife. So you have a a theme throughout the Bible For sure. that is very much built on um, a a loving God and who's married to a group of people and a group of people are like a woman yeah. that go astray. Right. And, and so, and that's, that's the theme and all the way through, all yeah. the way through. Yeah. So you have that, it right. seems like against a woman. Right. You know, and it's like, instead of the, the male components of the body being like, man, I am her. Right. <laughs> It flips and we as women are either demure, you know, don't do anything, don't speak, you know, or we're the harlot, we're the whore. And no matter what we do, you know, that's, it's on us. And that's weird because I like what you said is that a lot of guys don't look at it like, hey, I'm the whore. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm the whore. (laughs) Like, I'm the prostitute. Right. And instead, we kind of tend to look at women yeah. and go, oh, women are the prostitutes. Right. You know, and St. Augustine, of course, got so wrapped up into this where he, you know, not just him, but other, quote, church fathers really looked at Eve and went into a very sexual deviancy 
of her, hmm. you know. Um, they saw sex as being the the effect, you know, like the problem, mm. the, the, what the the result of her somehow flirtatiousness mm. wow. with the serpent, and uh, and it and it gets really twisted For quick, sure. yeah, you know. Um, so women, of course, are deemed as the yeah the the bad person, right? So what's it like for a woman to be sitting in a church and then going, man, you know what? I kind of yeah I kind of like something, but I'm super scared. I'm already gonna be you know <laughs> put in this pot, yeah. you know? Yeah. So for sure, I mean, I, I think I mean it, it's so it's the the like the gradient is so large that we as women in the church, we've got to make sure we're wearing the right thing. We're not wearing the right thing, you know, all, all these things all the time. And so then it like, that's such a, um, I don't know, like upper level of, you know, stuff that we're constantly concerned about, or did I cross my legs the wrong way? Did I, you know, we're just kind of constantly always thinking about how we're somehow being this, you know, negative evil effect, um, that then to now go way deeper and go, actually, I do struggle with lust on whatever level in some of how in the world am I going to share that and Mm -hmm. with who would I even begin to talk about that with and um yeah and then there's there's just so much wrapped up it into it It, there's so many complex issues like like there are with men as well but like why do we even go to it what is going on in our hearts um what do we even see ourselves as it's just such a it's such a piece of the that the body the church doesn't do serve you know a good service offering a place yeah usually to talk about it and yeah there's this old uh, older lady that um, came to me once in the ministry and she said hey you know I really she was super private about it you know mm-hmm. of course but yeah she, but and the only reason she came to me is because she knows the ministry that I do probably right. but she was like hey Bo you know I just feel horrible about this it's like my mind is so wicked and mm-hmm. you know I'm just thinking so many evil thoughts and you know, and I can't seem to get these sexual thoughts out of my mind. Da 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 da. And you know, and here you have a, an older lady, mm-hmm. you know, who's been in the church probably fifty years. I don't know, yeah. forty years, something like that. And she was saying things like, you know, it'd be great if I was like this, or mm-hmm. great if I had that issue, or right. great if I. And <laughs> and and like she just did not want this issue. Yeah. You know, this was like kind of the bad thing. Right. Um, and that's, to me, that's sad. You know, there's a lot of sadness there, mm-hmm. um, that, uh, the church hasn't done a very good job. Um, and I mean, it makes me think because like we are created sexual, like you just said, like from the garden, it was good. There's, mm-hmm. there's, um, holiness to our beauty, our, our affections, you know, all mm-hmm. these things that we're missing, you know? Um, and then you, I feel like you bring in the accuser of the bread, the brethren too. And so then, you know, we're sitting there going, oh man, I'm, this is the worst. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm the worst instead of, wow, this is just like very natural going on and sin is common to man. But then, it, and then as chicks, like she's coming to you going, man, can I even say these words to a man, to a pastor? You know, am I, am I going to stumble in by even, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then, and then, so we just shut down. Like, how can we even bring it out you know yeah and that's uh that's interesting you know because mm-hmm. uh there's so much going on and when you're when you're in a kind of a more of a male dominated field you know like the ministry 
in evangelicalism, Mm -hmm. um, I could see where that could be uh, a thing where you're like, you know, I don't want to talk to this guy. I'm going to stumble this person and I'm going to stumble that person. Mm -hmm. And that's unfortunate. And this is where I think Jesus is so cool, right? (laughs) This is why we love Jesus so much. So much. You know, and I I was even going through the prophets, you know, like Elijah Mm -hmm. and uh, and just Elijah with the widow. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, um, you know, what what odd thing, you know, for a prophet of God to be all alone with a widow, Mm -hmm. um, you know, hanging out with her and spending time with her. Um, you know, that, you know, that's really neat. It's really neat. You know, and Jesus spending time with women. Yeah. Um, and I always talk about being a safe place. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, you know, you know, the, in this book that Mary wrote, um, Eberstadt, she not only talks about the sexual revolution and its effect on women, but she also talks about its effect on men, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, the, you know, because men are, you know, over the years just haven't been very safe people. Mm. And, you know, and everything is always framed as a women's issue. It's like, um, it seems like everything is always like, you know, that abortion, women's issue, you know, kid, child rearing, women's issue, you know, those type of things. Sure. And you always fail to remember there's another person involved mm-hmm. in the sex act, mm-hmm. right? There's a male. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, there's, not, you know, me and Peter have talked a lot about how men just have, have in a lot of ways failed um, ultimately. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to even today's issues like chan- transgenderism or lesbianism uh, that are rampant in young girls yeah you know you have to look at men Mm. and not just men as in like you being a father out there Mm -hmm. you know because you might be a good father Mm -hmm. you know um but your your daughter's doing her thing right you know but it's men in general like worldwide sure like you growing up what did you have to look forward to when it came to learning about men right and and how safe men were right you know yeah and it probably wasn't that safe even when you were younger no for sure you know I mean you know it's like the joke right that you go after chicks with daddy issues you know because it's just we all (laughs) you know kind of have them there so there's totally um uh, something important there to consider um and just yeah what uh my mom is the was the working you know income earner you know that strong kind of leadership position um and um yeah just like a I mean I've even tried to encourage um Ben recently about like just the the amount of time you spend with her it doesn't even have to be anything grand you know but just that that attention and affection begins to root in her what is healthy Mm-hmm. Um, because I think a lot of us probably just had a lack, even like just a physical, emotional lack of that, you know. Um, and then, of course, you talk to the abuse side of it. That's different. But and so then we went, you know, like the, the, the cistern was empty. You know, our hearts were empty. We were hungry. And so then we go. We go, hey, is this is this going to be good? Is this going to be worth it? You know? Yeah, fulfilling. Or yeah. Whatever it is. Um, so what a, and it's just so powerful. Like, I think in general, maybe moms spend more time with the children, but like, the I feel like if there if you could quantify it the amount of impact a father has on a daughter and sons I'm sure but I'm just speaking to my experience yeah. is like hugely disproportionate <laughs> you know um, just being you just hanging out you know just being together 
um, creates that, oh, this is what I should look for. This is what's healthy. Um, this attention that I'm getting is healthy, you know, yeah. um, this affection that I'm getting is healthy. Yeah. Yeah. What do you see in the uh, younger culture? Um, you know, if they do have even strong parents, like good parents, because there's a lot of especially evangelical parents that, yeah. you know, are walking with the Lord and, and love God. But, you know, their children are just, you know, kind of doing their thing. They're part of a culture that's really strong. Sure. Yeah. You know? Well, I think, you know, I mean, I think it, it, the culture is so strong. Let's say it's like a waterfall. And even if the strength of the parental influence is there, if it's like a faucet, you know, dripping or something. So it's just, you know, there's just time that needs to be given. Less time of, you know, one and more time of another. And, mm. um, um, and just, and I think, you know, I think it's just so... Um, available. And so my question would be, how available are you? You know, how available are you to your children? And um, uh, because the culture is so available, it's so there um, and it's so attractive. I remember um, I never got into drugs, but I was so attracted to my friends who were in that world. There was just such a pull. And, and that would be my case over and over with whatever I did choose to step into. Such an attraction, such a pull. Um, and so uh, is not Jesus better, you know? Well, then how are we showing that? And how are we, how are we showing that just um, a, an attractiveness to the things that are healthy and holy? Um, yeah. It's so hard probably today because... It, you know, the river or the waterfall is so strong, if we use that analogy, mm -hmm. in the sense that, you know, it's just right there yeah. with them. You know, they turn on a computer, they get on their phone, mm -hmm. it, it, that, that, that's the waterfall, right. right? It's right there, you know. it's And it's beautiful, yeah. and it smells great, and it tastes great. You know, it's so attractive. Yeah. And it's so acceptable. Like, it's right. And there's just this torrential, yes. Whatever you think you want, whatever you don't know what you want, but this, you've got this random little feeling or this, you know, whatever. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's weird. We're more, and this is what Mary points out in the book, but the more liberated we think we are, the more in trouble we are. Yeah. The more emotionally in trouble mm -hmm. we are, the more depressed we are. And I know growing up a secular progressive, our answer to that was always, the reason why that's the case is because we just haven't done it right. Mm -hmm. Like meaning we just, you know, we haven't been gay long enough. Mm -hmm. We haven't been trans long enough. Yeah. We haven't been, you know, drag long enough. Mm -hmm. You know, if we were accepted and we allowed it, we allowed ourselves to, you know, everybody allowed us to do whatever we wanted to do. Yeah. Then we would live in a society of acceptance, and then we would be fine, mm -hmm. you know. And and this like is actualized, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, actualized. Yeah, like, you know, I'd feel better about right, myself. You right. know, this kind of thing, and and that's why because it's not normalized mm -hmm. yet. And right. so, and when it becomes normalized, you know, then the suicide rates will go down, mm -hmm. and you know, and that's oh, that's what we thought thirty years ago, right? You know, and it's funny how the same arguments mm. are today. Sure. Um, you know, it's funny if you listen to TV shows on on social issues in the 50s, you're going to hear the same things Wild. today. Yeah. It, it's always the same thing. Yeah. You know. You know, but I look at it this way too, like it, just in an empirical way. Like the the most empirical evidence we have today is that you know suicides are up. Mm -hmm. You know, kids are super depressed. Yeah can't seem to find themselves 
they have more options today than they've ever had. They've been more liberated than right. ever. They have, they, we have done a incredible test over 50 years now mm. um, of, of legalized pornography. And we've done a really interesting child test um, over the last 25 years mm-hmm. of free internet pornography. Right. And, and so if you've ever wondered like what it would have been like to go to like your local liquor store and just pick up a porn magazine right. and just look at it, yeah. you know, and you always go, I wonder what would have been the results of that. Right. Like, well, now we kind of know. Free access. Yeah. yeah. We've had free access long enough in a generation sure. um, to kind of look at it mm-hmm. and go like, okay, what is the, the ramifications? Yeah. And it's interesting because... Ray Rist, who was the head of a a um, a government body that was put together in the seventies uh, on pornography, they did uh, amazing writings mm-hmm. on um, the legalization of pornography back then. And the only thing they put in there is they uh, of any restrictions is really we probably don't want to just have kids do this. We don't know what the results will be mm-hmm. if we legalize like partake? This, if we legalize okay. this for kids. Okay. But we don't we don't really assume that there's going to be a negative reaction to it. But um, um, our suggestion to the government mm-hmm. is that they still have a restriction, mm-hmm. age know, restriction for like age restriction accessing for it. access. Okay. So that uh, I wonder today if they did another uh, commission report, mm-hmm. you know, another commission basically, right? And they said, "Hey, let's let's look at what the results are." I wonder if there would be the uh, an understanding that maybe the suicide rates and the trying to find yourself and uh, very mixed up, very confused, mm-hmm. very um, manic depressive right. issues, bipolar issues, have anything to do with their exposure to sex um, in a variety of ways at a very young age for sure you know where now you have large groups of kids and girls Mm -hmm. that are watching you know they don't watch you know my porn growing up they're watching hardcore porn sure you know yeah and um you know and lesbian porn can be pretty rough yeah intense you know um there's different genres of lesbian porn but you know, if a young girl's watching stuff and yeah. she's clicking on different things, I mean, she's watching watching some pretty serious stuff. For sure. You know. Yeah. And and there's no doubt that that would um, impact your heart, especially knowing that your peer group right. also is watching it. Right. You know, so if you know your peer group's watching it, then you would probably be like, oh well, it's got to be okay. Right. You know. Yeah. And then you would go, I wonder, you know, like, like about me. Like, yeah, wonder, how do I fit in there? How do I fit in? What does that know? mean for me? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's, you know, I wonder how, how that kind of cause and effect would be looked at today. Yeah. You know, with all the issues that you face, you, you know, when you're talking to younger people. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, like, because um, it's funny, like, I'm sure, like, when you talk to young girls, mm-hmm. not all of them probably view porn. No. Sure. But it's... Um, it's affecting the culture they're in, you know, and their peers, like you said, whether their peers are watching it or, I mean, I was working in a junior high and, and, 
anyways, the kids were, you know, in that 10, 12 age range. And they'd just, you know, get flashed to stuff, like right in the hallway, right in front of me. You know, somebody would turn their phone to them, you know, or whatever. And, um, or record, or they're, they're being recorded, uh, you know, even if they don't have a cell phone. But, you know, so all of this is going on. And so now they're being recorded and then they're being superimposed maybe into pornography or something like that. Or, you know, their friends are creating things. Which a lot of and people don't know you can do. You don't even know you knew. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so talk about like, yeah, you, you may not you may not even be trying to be involved in that, you know, but, you know, it's a part of what, you know, your peers are thinking, how they're seeing you, how they're viewing, you know, their own sexuality and um, and then body image stuff. And there's just an identity and value. And um, yeah, absolutely. It's it's all it's all there and all wrapped up. And yeah, I remember um, I think it's Anna. um I want to say, oh, God, what's her name? Um, is it Aerospan? Or she's a pro-porn producer. But I've heard some of her debates years ago, and she would always say, like, people would argue about body image. Mm-hmm. And I remember her always saying, well, hey, you want fat people? Then yeah. you look at fatpeople.com. You look at, sure. you want hairy people? You look at hairypeople.com. Yeah. You know, like she was saying, hey, porn is a, conglomerate of whatever many you want. types sure. and images and uh but it still doesn't it doesn't bode well for the adolescent mm-hmm. you know maybe i could see where an adult might be able to get that mm-hmm. and understand like oh okay like i can go online and you know um uh i i you can find people, people that look like me or whatever yeah sure. whatever yeah you know but when you're a young person growing yeah. up um body image is going to hit you no matter what because you're in a clan yeah you're in a peer group clan yeah and so you're forced by nature to have to look at the clan yeah at the at the crew at the people and every single person is insecure right (laughs) in that clan and every single one's going through the same crap they have no idea how to fit in their clothes anymore and you know all these things and so they're all reaching for something something to yeah define what is beautiful what is acceptable what is um attractive yeah yeah and i know that we growing up we we um you know we used to pierce ourselves a lot and sometimes we would cut ourselves Mm -hmm. and different things like that but it was always based around like um uh, an identity Mm -hmm. finding ourselves being a part of a group Mm -hmm. Um, so we would find a lot of my culture wrapped around music Mm -hmm. music was the big identifier so if you know if you were in a heavy metal you weren't in the new wave Mm -hmm. if you were in a new wave you weren't in a heavy metal that's just how it was yeah when you were in the heavy metal you dressed as in your heavy metal you pierced yourself like a heavy metal person you tattooed yourself you did whatever the the studs did the Mm -hmm. stars of that genre you did yeah people that were into people like Depeche Mode Morsi you know the Smiths um, Susie and the Banshees people like that yeah they would they they were more new wavy style poppy style they would you know they would men would look more feminine sure in in a and and talk maybe more feminine mm-hmm. whereas metal people we would it was weird we looked very draggish mm-hmm. in a lot of ways yeah we dressed uh, uh, with tight clothes, um, but we wore our hair really long, mm-hmm. and we kind of feathered it almost uh-huh. like a, a, a woman would. Yeah. Um, 
we would even take out the aqua net you yeah. know, on a great night. Yeah. You know what I mean? And <laughs> blow it all make out. Make it big. You know, yeah. make it big and stuff like that. And, and, and it was very, and even sometimes, you know, like a little bit of makeup here right. and there yeah. wasn't odd, yeah. you know, to us guys. Even though we would never talk feminine, yeah. you know, um, but we had bands that were very feminine, mm-hmm. you know, that would, that would kind of portray this drag look, mm-hmm. you know, so that wasn't really weird, but we, we, we all had these little niches, yeah. you know, within it. And it seems like today, you know, with the, the proliferation of pornography, the amount of pornography, mm-hmm. and I've always told Peter that, um, the tragedy of porn isn't watching porn. That's not the tragedy. Because that's normal. Yeah. You know, we, even in a monogamous Christian marriage, you're being turned on by a naked body. Mm-hmm. Normal. Yeah. Nothing, we would never say no to that. Right. You know, so looking at someone naked is not the tragedy. Yeah. The tragedy is the distribution. Yeah. And when you have such a mass amount of distribution right. of something like pornography, um, just so much, not just pornography, I'm not talking about the porn industry per se, but I'm just talking about so much sensuality yeah. that's out there yeah. in whatever media, medium, you know, yeah. then you have adolescents who have to try to find an identity. Mm-hmm. They're trying to, mm-hmm. um, and they might latch on to music, you know, but the strongest identity certainly it's got to be sexual yeah you know yeah that has got to be the strongest pull for sure I mean I even just think um like physiologically it is you know physiologically you're you're being dumped with new hormones and all you know like you just there is it's the a strong if not the strongest pull maybe in your growing body you know that whole thing and so yeah and then um and it's the most like intensely rewarding you know music is great but there's you know this other other side of sexuality sensuality intimacy that's just intensely rewarding and then you go man i didn't think i was into that but that felt great now what and now my culture is saying absolutely go i mean you when you were saying like you know they they're it's like there's decision fatigue, you know, the proliferation of porn there. And even just like I like I like that word. Decision fatigue. Yeah, yeah. decision fatigue. It, it, you're 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 avail everything's available, but now you're just too tired to even make a choice. What is, you know? Yeah. And then it's it's you know, pictures of yourself. Isn't maybe there's not even there's this whole category of like formalized maybe porn, but maybe it's just man we're sending pictures, we're doing this thing. It's all you and me down the hall. It's all, yeah. you know, um, yeah, so there's just this, yeah, decision fatigue. And yeah. I and when you said this, like, um, she, Mary mentioned this, like, um, the freedom within boundaries. It made me think of this idea that, like, when I was, I struggle with food, too, because when we struggle with one thing, we struggle with a bunch of things. But I <laughs> struggle with food. And, man, I, I found the most freedom when I found a boundary that I could exist within and then, like, run like a wild pony within that boundary. Mm-hmm. Um, but boundaries are beautiful. And so instead, we've, like, said, hey, man, throw off the boundaries. And you're not going to be fully you and fully free until you just push and push and push and push and push when really, yeah. you know. And yeah. I remember in. in and I love that analogy, by the way, of the pony and the, yeah. the boundary. Yeah. You know, because if if you take out the boundary, you know, and you let a pony go, you know, that pony, yeah, is going to have some really fun times, Mm -hmm. you know, but there's a lot of danger. Yeah. That that pony's not going to know about. Yeah. And and probably that pony will die. Right. At some point. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 
break a leg out there, not have food. You know, there's there, yeah. there's beauty in boundaries, and especially when we're talking from a biblical worldview that um, love is boundaried. Mm-hmm. And so in this, like, angsty yearning for who am I and what is love? Well, love, God himself is boundaried, you know, and that's for our good. And so, yeah, I remember a moment in high school when um, I was messing around with a guy in my bedroom and wishing my parents were downstairs, wishing they'd come up and not let the store be closed. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think of that. Like, I think even in our moments of youth where we're trying to figure it out and we like buck you know parental authority and get out of my life there there is something and you said she talked about that that no just keep pushing past that something in your gut that's like ah is this me is this what I want is this good is this right is this love push past it man once you're finally fully you know actualized or once it's finally fully accepted then you'll be okay Um, and I remember yeah lots of times where I actually wished for those boundaries for that protection that love you know yeah and that seems like the the cultural battle right is really it's one of love what love looks like right you know does it have boundaries does it not have boundaries yeah. those type of things so yeah there's a lot of neat things that we're going to be able to podcast on for sure yeah and uh, kind of delve deep into you know my heart's always for the 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 women in the church um you know uh i know they're sexual beings mm-hmm. Um, and so I know that there's a, a, um, a, uh, probably a vacuum, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I'm glad that, you know, our church has been able to at least make things available yeah. and promote, um, opportunities for ladies. And we've done that for years and years now. Mm-hmm. And it's great to have you, you know, kind of on board and back in Tucson yeah. over the last, what year? Even yeah, a now, mm-hmm. year and a half. Um, not even a year. Yeah, <clears throat> not even a year. Yeah, and um, you know, because you've worked with us before, mm-hmm. and and then you were gone, <laughs> and now you're back. And then I was gone. And, uh, yeah, now we're back. Gone, now you're back. <laughs> and and so it's nice, and hopefully we get more of you. Yeah. Um, and because you're working and um to to really come alongside and mentor and counsel people. Yeah. Um, and that's really a big heart of yours. Um, and you've always been very gifted to be able to express God's uh, heart, his emotional heart, mm-hmm. and I think in some really cool ways. Thanks. Um, yeah, and um, so I'm looking forward to the podcast. Me too. And, you know, so um, thanks for listening to this edition of the podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Check out runninglight.org to begin our two video series, Take Flight and Love or Lust. You can also send us questions on Twitter at Running Light or on our runninglight.org podcast page. Like us on Facebook at Running Light Ministries, Psalm 36.8. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your pleasures.